Tickets are now on sale for Humane, Unmade's exploration of how AI will affect the media and marketing industry. Hear about the strategies of brands including ANZ, Asahi, Optus, Afterpay and CMC Markets. Go to humane.au, that's spelt H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U, to secure your ticket today. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, scandal hit PwC's tech clients get nervous. A crucial week for Australia's defamation laws. And how the sharks are circling TV's ad dollars. Unmade. It's Monday, May 29th. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. How was your weekend? Good. You know the weekends were busy when you have to think back. Now, exactly what did I do? We had kids' sports, family birthday parties, and I was able to catch... I'm not sure if you caught it, the uh, the final episode and the reunion of Alone, which was uh, filmed in Tasmania and aired on SBS. Did you catch the show at all? Uh, look, Abe, it's basically a documentary about my life set in northwest Tasmania amongst all the uh, the the the, um, the the challenges of, of of hunting your own food and finding your own shelter. Um, I, 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 I did. And I, I'm interested that you say you watched it over the weekend because that suggests that you watched it in exactly the same way that um, that many people did, where alone has become a real case study in um, in streaming numbers where an awful lot of people got word of mouth and then watched it later. Mm. That's how we watched it. It was I mean, brilliantly made by ITV. But i got to say, I thought the reunion special felt very akin to something like Big Brother. I was disappointed. And my wife mentioned, gee, that really was off-brand uh, for them. And it, it sat in a studio, very plasticky. Surely they could have shot something outside or, or just made it a bit more true to the show. That was my thought. Did you have any, any thoughts on that? Look, interesting. And and by the way, although I watched all of the show, uh, I, I I must admit, I didn't even actually bother with the reunion, which is probably as much as anything on expectations, expectations set by other um, kind of reality shows that have the reunion episode, because I, I suspect it's comparatively cheap TV mm. to make that extra reunion mm. episode. So, um, so I, I, I hadn't actually bothered. So I can't speak to the quality of this one, but, but it's so far from the original format, you know, uh, you know, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even feel attracted enough as a viewer to give it a try, to be quite honest. Yeah. We wanted just to finalize and, you know, hear from the winners and it was a nice kind of bookend, but I just thought, you know, it, I thought they could have done something that was a bit more true to the, the values of the show, which was brilliantly done, I thought. So anyway, that's that's my weekend. Uh, well, look, mine was um, was probably more, more uneventful. I, I need to figure out a different way of organising my life because, yeah, getting... Getting up at the uh, first thing on a Monday morning to record this podcast, haven't been up till sometime after 1am to watch the Formula One, isn't the perfect combination to uh, to set yourself up for a productive week, but I'll push through. Now, where shall we start this week? Well, Tim, as we said, the uh, the PwC tax leak scandal continues. And in, in the AFR today, we see a suggestion that US tech giants will be exposed next Tim, what, what's next? What's going on? 
Yeah, so this is a, a story which has, you know, it's been rumbling on since I was trying to remember at least March, if not February, um, since it began to emerge that PwC had used information it had been given in working with the government to uh, to reform the local tax laws to to try to prevent the big tech companies in particular, but big global companies from offshoring their profits to lower tax environments, you know, so effectively avoid paying tax locally on some of their profits. So that that has been kind of rumbling along. And obviously, we you know, in, in recent weeks, we've 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 seen um, resignation of the boss of PwC Australia locally over the scandal. Um, the uh, the I guess we're waiting for the, this is a phrase I've been using a lot recently, but we're, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop because there are a number of um, PwC executives who were potentially a party to that confidential information still working within that organisation who haven't yet been named. And that key word is yet. And then what gets it really interesting is the question of um, when clients start being named. So as the AFR points out, um, there's a piece by their uh, columnist, um, uh, Karen Maley, um, uh, with the headline, Why PwC's US Tech Targets Will Be Deeply Anxious. So, um, so far, the um, the big tech giants who may have used that PwC information have not been named. Now, in this piece, it says US. So that suggests maybe we're not talking about TikTok, for instance. Um and, you know, we, 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 we can all speculate about who the giant tech companies are. I'm not saying the, you know, these are the ones who received the advice. But generally, when we talk about the big tech companies, we talk about Alphabet, the parent company of Google. We talk about Meta, the parent company of Facebook. In the next tier, you then get, organ, you know, the, 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 the companies like, I suppose, uh, you know, Snapchat would come to mind, um, you know, maybe things like Pinterest or Twitter, although they actually don't make as many local profits anyway. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the, 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 as the AFR reports, you know, there was, there was this business plan called Project North America, which was targeting those um, big US tech firms. So this was, um, this was to help them avoid the diverted profits tax, um, and of course, they very quickly managed to to avoid that tax because they had the benefit of PwC's um, pre-briefing. So um, uh, the 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 really interesting question that the AFR asks in terms of the the reputation of these these big tech companies is what happens if they knew that the information being given to given to them by PwC was based on confidential information or, you know, maybe it, it fudged it a bit more than that. Um, so that um, if they did sign up or they, they in that knowledge or should have realised, then, um, wow, they're right in the middle of this scandal as well. So, you know, at some point, those details will out, I think. Um, so, you know, it kind of... Um, it feels like a, a scandal which is still widening rather than getting under control. And PwC run a media and marketing consultancy service. How have they done at handling their own PR in this instance? Mm, I think the word I would choose on reflection is 
abysmally. Um, as I say, this has been going on, um, you know, it's been in the public domain since at least February. Um, you know, it was, it was actually something which, you know, it was actions which occurred a number of years before then. And it's felt that at every stage PwC hasn't done quite enough to get things under control and still hasn't, you know, it's always behind. This information is always coming out, usually in Parliament, um, sometimes in the Australian Financial Review, which has really led the reporting on this one. But um, but yeah, you know, if they were giving themselves PR advice, I'm sure this isn't how they'd handle it. Because, you know, when you when you have some sort of um, crisis like this, getting ahead of it, being in control of the flow of information are some of the rules. And what we actually haven't seen is the organisation coming out publicly and loudly, apologising in a way that the public would understand for what it's done. You know, yes, there have been sort of mealy mouth apologies, but more more to the government than than you know to the to the wider public. Um, you know, yet the more you look at these actions, the more you realise these are the, the actions of an incredibly bad corporate citizen, which on the face of it has cost Australia. Um, a lot of tax revenue whilst also um, working for the Australian government at the same time. That is just a PR debacle. Um, but it, it, even now it feels like maybe it's not being taken particularly seriously. Up next, a crucial week for the news industry. Um. Tim, the culmination of one of the biggest defamation cases Australia has ever seen comes this week. It's a case brought by former soldier Ben Robert Smith. What's at stake, Tim? An awful lot is at stake. So to recap, Ben Robert Smith, um, one of Australia's most decorated soldiers, probably our most decorated living soldier, um, will find out on Thursday whether he's won or lost his defamation case. Um, now, that is in the main against Nines newspapers, The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald, although um, the Canberra Times, which also published the same allegations because it was it was part of the, the, the group at the time that um, the, the allegations were being investigated. Um, it's it, it's hard to think of a case where the stakes are higher in both reputation and for the state of the news media, I think because they're, they're, they're honestly, there hasn't been one. Um, you know, this was a massive case to be heard. It was, you know, it, it was five years of legal process to get there. Um, huge amounts of kind of post-publishing investigation by the, 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 the newspapers involved. Um, you know, the, the, the allegations you know, incredibly damaging for somebody's um, reputation. Um, either way, whether whether viewed by the court as um, proven to the satisfaction of the court or not. Um, and let's remember that because this is a civil rather than criminal case, civil cases form the view of um on the balance of probabilities what's been proven whereas obviously in a criminal case the 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 test is beyond a reasonable doubt so it's going to be absolutely crucial because 
if the finding goes against the newspapers, then, well, for one thing, you know, Ben Robert Smith is, is kind of vindicated and taken the action. And um, Kerry Stokes, who's also a proprietor of Seven West Media, who financially supported the action, are kind of vindicated. Um, but if it goes the other way, then then his reputation is arguably um, even worse than it was before, um, you know, perhaps kind of irreparably so. The judgment may not be a straightforward one, though, Tim. Do you think the outcome will tip in favour of the newspapers or Ben Robert Smith? Look, one of the, one of the things that is really important to emphasise is unless you th- sit through day after day of the court hearings, it it is really hard to get the flavour of both um, both sides. You know, sometimes one 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 side's evidence just gets covered more than the other in the uh, in the reporting. Um, one of the things I did find myself listening to was there was a there was an excellent series that The Guardian did, which sort of explored the case quite a lot, um, you know, over several episodes. And I did find myself listening to all of that. So purely as a listener, I found myself thinking, well, gosh, Ben Robert Smith has, has got, you know, an awful lot to do to persuade the 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 judge of his point of view on this so um so i suppose that you know that that would be what my um only partially informed expectation is but that said um you know it, it, it these things aren't necessarily the end of the road with this sort of judgment because sometimes these things you know are appealed or can be appealed um, but it will be such an important milestone, whichever way this one goes. Um, and then after that, you know, if um, if the finding is against the newspapers, there will then be the question of damages. And if the finding is in the the other way, then um, is then the question of, of 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 costs to the newspapers. But um, but yeah, if um, if it does go against the newspapers, then I suspect that um, it will change the face of investigative reporting in Australia in quite a negative way. Next, the sharks are circling TV's ad dollars. Unmade. Let's turn to television. The outdoor advertising players are waiting in the wings to snatch up gambling ad dollars amid expectations that TV advertising rules will tighten. That's in the AFR this morning, Tim. What does this mean? Yeah, this is one obviously we've been talking about a little about the fact that there is this kind of public backlash against the the sheer volume of betting ads on television um, and the sort of dislike of 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 that being even adjacent to live sport, you know, when when potentially sort of, you know, whole families are watching. So that, you know, it, it, it feels like some sort of, you know, further tightening is is inevitable because it's it's become political but both of the major parties the um the the labor government and the coalition have both nudged in that direction um and um and yeah the afr reports today that um two of the big um out of home companies qms and jc deco um do appear to be moving to 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 take a slice of that market and put it on billboards instead so um, according to the AFR, both of them have been 
um, building pitches, kind of um, offering um, wagering specific ad strategies, as the AFR puts it, which, um, which you know, which, which, which you'd sort of understand. Um, so, so yeah, we'll 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 see because I I I guess there are there are two potential outcomes from the gambling companies. They could view it as a level playing field if everyone's got the same restriction and therefore a chance to ease back on spending generally. Or another one is to look for other outlets to spend those marketing dollars. So, Tim, is the TV industry under pressure? Yeah, look, it is. There's a couple of things going on at the moment. Um, you know, this, 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 I suppose, is, is you know, is, is one tactical skirmish over gambling advertising. But there is... There is a sense, I think, that other media owners uh, away from television are seeing a bit of an opportunity at the moment to begin to pry some dollars away from television. Um, I remember being at News Corp's Decoded event um, a few months back in Sydney and um, Pip Leary from News Corp very specifically said in her pitch to clients that they should consider shifting some of their television dollars um, across to News Corp's network, um, as in their, their their advertising network. So, so you, you, you've got the big players specifically pitching against television now, making the, the case. And that does come an environment where the TV audiences are falling. There's no getting around it. And, you know, I, I, I know that we, we did the podcast with Think TV a, 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 a few weeks back and made the argument that at least some of that audience is going across to streaming viewing, uh, BVOD, but not all of it. Um, you know, talking to, you know, talking to other people in the market, you know, one of the, one of the views in the market at the moment is that, um, that there is a challenge for marketers of where to make up that audience shortfall and reaching people when television isn't getting there in the same way. So I, I, I think maybe we look back now and we see that, you know, 2020 and everyone being back at home, probably papered over the cracks a bit for the sort of fading TV audiences. And we may look back on it now as a bit of a last hurrah um, of the giant audiences. Um, you know, there's been barely a Metro TV show, um, even when you include um, BVOD viewing as well, that delivered a million um, viewers overnight um, so far this year. Um, so I yeah, I think we have hit a point where uh, the TV industry's dominance is genuinely challenged at the moment. Um, and I think the kind of the default setting of 7.30 on a Sunday night, um, if you've got a big campaign to launch, is still there at the moment, but it's going to be under increasing pressure. And I, I you know, I, I think we are seeing a bit of a shift going on right now. And still with, with the woes of TV, former Nine CEO Hugh Marks has made a contribution today that his former peers would view as unhelpful. What has he had to say, Tim? 
Yeah, this is, uh, again, the Australian Financial Review. They've had a very good day today, actually. There's a lot of good stories in the AFR today, perhaps more so than um, than, than, than their other rivals this week. So Hugh Marks was the boss of nine. He was, he was in charge at the time of the merger with um, Fairfax. So, you know, arguably he made the company um, what it is. These days he's actually over on the, um, back on the, the content creation side of the world. So he's now um, uh, running along with Carl Fennessy, Dream Chaser Entertainment, which is a content making company. Now, um, there, there, there have been a lot of arguments recently from the TV networks that, the idea of introducing content quotas would be counterproductive because they would just drive up costs for the existing players um, rather than necessarily get the likes of Netflix or whoever, whoever spending local money they wouldn't do otherwise. Um, Hugh Marks actually is, is, is arguing quite strongly in another direction. Um, uh, the the quotes are pretty powerful in the AFR today. How is it not in anyone's interest locally for money that's being spent overseas to be spent here instead? Everyone should win. And this is where it becomes really interesting considering he's talking about, you know, his 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 old stamping ground. I hear I hear this argument about a talent shortage a lot, but it's all a bit of bullshit to a degree. So, um, so yeah, so when Hugh Marks calls bullshit on the TV networks, you know they're having a bad week. Next is the podcast Bubble Bursting. Unmade. Tim, there are suggestions that the podcast bubble has burst with the SMH reporting this morning that fewer new podcasts are launching. What is going on? Yeah, look, I'm not sure I completely buy this argument. This is a piece from Nick Bonahady suggesting that, um, hey, in Boomtown 2018, there were 200,000 new podcasts and a year later, more than 300,000. Um, and then, you know, by the time the pandemic came on a million um, and now we're back down to the thousands of new podcasts. But I, I'm not sure that the content creation end is where you actually should be measuring the health of podcasting really because um you know in the end it's actually about consumption and what we are seeing is that sort of you know a big end and a long tail um and the big end of podcasting you know arguably not even arguably i think factually has never been bigger you know the 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 big shows keep growing audiences so i i i, th- I think the idea that the number of new launches um is automatically an indicator of health is is a bit of a stretch because otherwise if we follow this logic sometimes feels like everyone's got a podcast um but if we follow this this logic soon in order for them to be healthy, everybody would have to. And that's just not the nature of kind of media generally. You wrote about the latest podcast revenue and unmade on Saturday though, Tim. Yeah, so we, we had the quarterly numbers from um, the IAB, the Internet Advertising Bureau and CRA. Um, uh, now it's not Commercial Radio Australia anymore, it's commercial they rebranded as everyone keeps doing commercial radio and audio so still cra um but they 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 released some data a quarter ago 
in which they suggested that um, across all of 2022, um, podcasts were pulling in about 82 or $83 million in Australia in advertising. Um, now, they, they updated that for, a fir- for the first time last week with revenue for the first quarter. And for the quarter, it was about $20 million, um, which was apparently a, just over a 20% growth on the same quarter a year before. So by my maths, if that 20% growth is applied over the whole year, then we could see in Australia podcasting become a $100 million revenue medium, which is, um, hey, look, you know, it's certainly not up there with television or with any of the other major uh mediums but uh, but also that's not nothing so um so there is a bit of momentum for podcasting though i think up next farewell to david kosh unmade tim as we've been recording it's been announced that koshi will step away from hosting sunrise in two weeks gosh that actually is a big move um you know it had to come at some point um you know i, I, I the, the, his his commitment has sort of been 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 easing off the number of days he's done with sunrise um but yeah hey look it feels for me like a gosh a very significant moment for australian breakfast television not least because um you know the battle is actually quite close between today and sunrise and david kosh was an important ingredient in um, helping Seven stay at number one for pretty much the the entire run of the show. You know, they overtook today early doors and then they um, they never looked back. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, in the end, he got to uh, he got to leave on top. 21 years is a long time, but uh, farewell, Koshi, and looking forward to following what you do in the future but that is it for today we'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media that's letters at unmade.media and unmade will be back tomorrow with choose data looking at the first month of voz don't forget if you'd like to support unmade you can become a paying member go to unmade.media to find out how today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of abe's audio see you next time toodle pair Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.